Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Well, again, welcome to church while they're, while they're passing the baskets and while you're giving. I just, uh, again, want to welcome yeah. you to the first Sunday of the new year. And if you can multitask, which means passing the basket and looking your scripture up, go ahead and do that now. Uh, turn to your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 58, verse 3. Isaiah 58, verse 3. And this is a classic passage that I love so much that I'm looking forward to, to preaching through today. And so I'm going to do a little bit of Bible study right up front here, a little preaching as we kind of wrap it up. But uh, go ahead and get your Bibles open to that in your uh, Bibles, Bible apps, whatever works for you, all right? Well, a new year has officially arrived. How you like that? And, and I want us to jump into 2022 feet first. I mean, both feet jump in feet first. Do not put your toe in the water to see what it's going to be like, because you already know 2022 is going to be crazy. It will be. It's it's going to be crazy. So just let's jump in feet first, and let's get ready for this year. That's what today's challenge is, really, ultimately. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to be disciplined so that that we can see the doors open for breakthroughs in our lives. Here's a challenge. A lot of times prayers go up, and we're going to see this in the scripture that I'm sharing in just a moment, but a lot of times prayers go up, but we don't see those prayers being answered for some reason or another, and there's a key which we have here, which I'm going to be talking about today, because I really want to see your prayers answered, and I really want to see the breakthroughs that you're believing God for, and uh, so that's part of what I'm talking about today, plus All of this builds up. I want you to hear what I'm talking about up front, but at the end, you're going to be selecting your one one word for the year, for your one word for 2022. And what that is, that's a tradition we have around here. We we determine a word that's going to, to kind of be our anchor. It's going to give us vision for the year for our personal lives. And so we always just choose one word, not a sentence, not a phrase, but just one word, and, and I, I like for you guys to turn those in because I like to pray over those as well, and, and I, like to, I like to see them and pray with you and agree, God, agree uh, with God for you that that will be a description of your coming year. But to get there, I want us to kind of take a little journey this morning. And, uh, and as I was preparing today's message, I, I looked on my desk, and I, I keep this on my desk, and I looked at my desk, and I grabbed this Bible. Now, this little old Bible might not mean anything to you, but it means the world to me, because this little Bible right here that I'm holding in my hands is a very, very old Bible. Um, It's estimated, I I haven't even really looked at the date, Uh, now this is before they actually started putting dates in Bibles, so I don't know when they actually printed this thing, it's just they printed in the United States of America. But tell you a little bit about the history of this Bible. Um, this Bible was my dad's first Bible. My dad went to be with Jesus one year ago this week, and he wanted me to have this. And I treasure this Bible. This is my dad's first Bible. My dad was raised in church, but it was at a time when, during the Great Depression, when you just didn't really have very much. So everybody didn't have their own Bible. Some of you, you have multiple Bibles like I do. Dad didn't have that. 
And he did get this Bible. What had happened is my dad's younger brother, his teacher from their public school had handed these Bibles out to their kids, to the kids. Well, <clears throat> my dad's stepmom found this Bible in the house and noticed that it was not being read by, the, by my dad's younger brother that, who possessed it. And so she took the Bible with his permission and she snuck it into my dad's uh, luggage, his baggage that he was getting ready to take, his bags that he was getting ready to take to Korea because he had been drafted into the Korean War. And he didn't find this until he was in boot camp. And he told me the stories of this Bible. <clears throat> he said, this old Bible became more precious to him than anything else. And he said he would read it in his darkest moments. He said, he would tell me, he said, son, I, it was, it was scary over there. You see, as the war ended, my dad was one of the patrols on what's known as the 38th parallel, which is the one mile no man's land between North and South Korea. My dad patrolled that. And he said so many times, so many times, there would be people trying to flee the socialism, flee the communism that had been established in North Korea. They're trying to get away from it and the North Koreans would shoot them and kill them. He said, I saw so many people die trying to leave North Korea, and it was heartbreaking. He said, some made it over, but he said, this Bible right here, it really helped carry me through a very difficult time in the Korean War. I treasure that because God's word is that. God's word is an anchor. It gives us direction, it gives us hope, it gives us clarity when things are turbulent. Have any of you faced any kind of turbulence over the past uh, couple years? <laughs> I mean, come on. It, it, we all know, we don't, I don't need to preach about that. We all know it has been crazy. And there's no, uh, there, there's nothing that looks like anything is going to change anytime soon. So it's like, hold on, but it's not just hold on to the roller coaster. It's hold on to God. Hold on to the Word of God. Guys, that's what I'm challenging you with today. I want to hold on to the Word of God. Get a word from God. In fact, today's title, I'm just titling the message very clearly. This day is my word 2022, and I want you guys to get a word from God today. I, yeah, a single word, because dad would say I, he would get a word from God through the word when he was in his dark time, and I want you to get a word from God, one word today that, that will mark this year for you, but more than that, I want you to get a word from God that's going to edify you, something that's going to, to bring, bring uh, direction and hope and strength to you in a dark time. You know, Sometimes <laughs> we as people do the most ridiculous things without even thinking about it. We, we really do. We, do. we just do ridiculous things. The other day, I saw something very interesting as I, was, uh, as I was walking in toward the fitness club that I like to go to. And I was walking in, and I noticed someone who had driven up to the front, and, and there was a person starting to back out. And, and they waited there and waited and waited and waited for about two minutes to get this parking space that was really close to the door. Now, please understand, it wasn't like 10 degrees outside with the wind blowing, okay? It was, 
80 degrees. So like, but they were gonna wait till they got that close parking space so they could cut off, and I estimated it to the spaces where I parked, they were gonna be able to cut off a whole 20 steps to get into the fitness center. Now, now hold on for a second here. What they were basically doing is they were going to fight so they didn't have to do extra cardio steps to go in there and then count all their cardio steps and sweat and then come out and take as few as possible. Now, now in my mind, that I laughed. I laughed at it. I didn't make fun of them. I didn't go to them and just say, you're just so straight. I didn't do that. Part of me wanted to, but I just, no, that's not good. I don't think that's what God wants me to do. But there's no reason. I'm not going to mock them because the truth is we all do dumb things like that. We just do things that make no sense. And that person, basically, they're just kind of doing what they always do, not even thinking. Like, yeah, I've always always got to fight for the closest place, not even realizing the whole point of that is to save steps, but they want to do steps and come in and it just doesn't make sense. We do that in our Christian lives too. We really do. And today, I'm wanting to do this. I'm, wanting to, I'm just wanting to give, I, I want the Holy Spirit to give you a little kick, all right? I, I want the Holy Spirit to give you a kick. Now, I'm not gonna give you a kick. The Holy Spirit does what he wants through his word, and I want him to give you a little bit of a kick this morning. And so, uh, so I'm gonna challenge this version of Christianity that we call, and I, we call it around here, we call it the fun, fast, and easy version of Christianity. And, 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 and please understand, fun, fast, and easy is very different than the Christianity Jesus taught about and that he portrayed. It's very different. Uh, now, I'll be, I'll be candid with you. When it just comes to life in general, I like fun, I like fast, and I like easy. But we, because we live in this culture that is, unprecedented in the history of the world since the creation of man where fun, fast, and easy is everywhere, especially if you live in the city. Oh, my goodness. Now, fun, especially in the city, fun is everywhere. I mean, you, you have six flags, and, and even, just about everywhere in the world, you have video games. But here you have Bass Hall, and you have multiple parties, and you have concerts, and you have sports. Fun is just oozing out of the culture, but I like fun. And there's, uh, please understand, there's nothing inherently wrong with fun. And then there's fast. I mean, I like fast. I'll just tell you the truth. I like fast cars. Now, I, I tried not to break the speed limit. I did driving in this morning, and then I slowed right back down when I realized I was breaking the speed limit. But I like fast. I do. I, 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 I like it. I, uh, I like fast. I like it when anything works fast. I like the microwave. I like it when the coffee machine goes fast. I, 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 you, 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 if, like if you do a Keurig, it's fast. It's about as fast as you can possibly do it, but sometimes that's just not fast enough for me. I, I want things fast. I like, I like fast music. I, I like fast, and there's nothing inherently wrong with fast. There's nothing. Okay, and then there's easy. I like things easy. I like things easy. I remember when, I, when my, my little sister was about five years old, she got herself called an easy bake oven. And I thought, oh my goodness. She could make brownies in there. And it would, there's a light bulb on the inside that would make the brownies. She didn't even have to turn on anything else. It was easy to bake in that oven. And one day when she was gone, she, or she wasn't around, I snuck her easy bake oven out and I made myself my own brownie and put it away. She never knew to this day and I, finally time for me to go ahead and confess I use, but I like easy. I like it when things are just, just easy. I like to, like easy food. I like easy, I like easy everything. And there's nothing inherently wrong with easy. But when it comes to our faith and we try to apply 
the things from our culture, which again, it's okay, not against that. But the fun, fast, and easy, we try to put it into Christianity, it doesn't mix. It doesn't mix. That's not the Christianity Jesus preached about. That's not the Christianity I see in the New Testament. Now, true, Jesus came to set us free from the law, and that was not fun, that was not fast, and that was not easy. He, but he set us free from all of that, and, he, and, and you know, he set us free from guilt and shame and condemnation. He gave us his grace, but he also said that we are to humble ourselves. Make ourselves, we're, you are to humble yourself. You know, you, you don't ask God to humble you because that could, that could really be disastrous. God does answer prayers. But we're to humble ourselves. And uh, Jesus also said you're supposed to take up your cross. Basically, your, your, your instrument, an instrument of death that could potentially be used against you. That's really what it is. Take up your cross and follow him. Wow. Uh, that does not sound like fun. Trust me, it does, does that sound fun to you? Now, does it sound like fast? No, because you're going to go slow. Does that sound easy? No. So the Christianity Jesus taught flies in the face of the culture of fun, fast, and easy. And that's where we have to begin to recognize that there is a difference. And we've got to get that into our own hearts. And uh, because serving God is just not all about fun, fast, and easy. Christianity is not about fun, fast, and easy. But humbling yourself to follow Christ and to take up your cross and to follow Christ, please know this, it brings amazing results. And if you doubt me one bit, as soon as you're done, do this homework. Go home and read Revelation chapter 20, 21, and 22. It's a nice little five-minute read. You go home and you read Revelation 20, 21, and 22, and you will find out that when you engage Christianity the way that Jesus, Jesus taught it and applied it to our lives, there's an amazing payback that, is, that is, is something far beyond you could ever dream or imagine. Now, I don't want that for yourself. I don't want that for you. Uh, but part of the process is we have to learn to humble ourselves. And one of the things I'm challenging you with today, a, a major thing I'm challenging you with today is fasting and prayer. Uh, it's not talked about very often. I think one of the reasons it's not talked about very often is because a lot of people just don't do it or pastors are afraid to talk about it because they don't do it. And, and I, I don't know, but I want to talk about it. I want to talk about fasting and prayer today. It's, I think it's, it's critical. It's important. That's why I'm doing the whole series this week on this. But I believe that your personal life, yeah, your business, your needs, your family, God will work amazing things when you engage through what I call biblical fasting and prayer. Now, please understand what I'm not talking about today is fasting for physical benefits because there are physical benefits. That's for, you, that's for all, that's all the other world. The world's going to talk about that plenty, and that's fine. I'm, that, I'm just fine with that, whatever. But this is not about fasting for the, spiritual, the physical benefits, although those will come. I'm talking about fasting for the spiritual benefits. And, uh, and there are basically, there's some basic points that I'm going to be leading our church in uh, tonight and this week for our congregation, for us as a whole. One of the things I'm challenging with is this a corporate call to fasting and prayer for all of us to do this together at your own level, wherever you are. And for our church, praying for repentance and restoration. For our church, I'm praying, and we're praying for unprecedented revelation of God's beauty and his glory. For our church, we are praying for a great season of harvest 
and holiness. For our church, we are praying for an overabundance of joy as we give ourselves to the one who truly satisfies us. Fasting and prayer, it works. 11 years ago, October of, 20, uh, October of 2010, God had called me to go on a 21-day fast, and I've done those before, and this, this one was unique, I, I had, I'm just, but, but it involves you. That's why I'm telling you a little bit about it. Um, it was about some personal breakthroughs that I wanted to see that were between me and God, uh, some, but also for some of God's strategies to be revealed so I knew some next steps to take because when you fast and you pray, when you do biblical fasting and prayer and you're in the word of God, all of a sudden you begin to get next steps. That this, this actually works. Uh, I, I was praying for a new wave of God's presence, a new wave of God's power. I'd just gone through a really challenging time. And, w- and one of the other things that I was fasting and praying for was what God really wanted me to do, some specific next steps in ministry. At the end of my, t- and for the whole 21 days, I went through it, and okay, that was done. I finished it up. Two days after that, I believe it was two days after that fast, or the day after I had ended that fast, I received a phone call. <clears throat> and a person said, hey, Tim, um, there is a building in downtown Fort Worth. And there was a church that tried to establish itself there, but the church plant failed, and there's really no people. It's just, it's just a building with bills. And God dropped it on my heart, few days ago to give you a call, and so now I'm giving you this call to see, would you at all be interested in going there? And he says, just said, it would, it would take some work. It'll take a lot of work. But would you be willing to go there and, and just take this building and build a church? And I said, well, you don't build churches that way. You don't start with a building and then build a church. You start with people. And then, but I thought, well, I don't know. I thought, God, is this part of the revelation you wanted to bring me? Is this part of the next steps? And so I talked to some of my advisors, people that I care that care about me, mentors, talked with my family, and came out here multiple times and looked at it and walked through here and prayed over it. And after it was all over with, I felt like this is what God wanted me to do. But the breaking point happened through a period of fasting and prayer. Let me just put it this way. We wouldn't be here today. I believe we would not be here today were it not for a season of fasting and prayer. Now, that was just what one person does. Imagine what happens when God's people all do it together or when a family fasts and prays together. I'm not trying to get you to do a 21-day fast. If, if, that, if God tells you to do that, make sure you've heard from God and you do it. But, but some of you, fasting may be, may be for a day. Some of you, you're phys- you're, you physically, you're not allowed to. And you just listen to your doctor. You do what you're supposed to do. And, uh, but study up on how to do it and do it. I'm not going to talk to you about how-tos. That's not what this is about. You can get all that stuff online. Don't study it during the sermon, but take a look at it later if you want to fast. I, but I challenge you. I challenge you to fast and pray beginning this week with me. Now let's look at Isaiah chapter 58, verse 3. <clears throat> a little bit of background here. People had fasted. God's people were fasting. They were doing the, the action of doing this. They would do this. They had this habit. One day a week, they would not eat food. And that would be from sundown until sundown. So they would, they would stop eating, 
you know, when the sun went down, and then all the way to the next day when the sun finally went down, then they would go ahead and break their fast. But they weren't seeing any progress. Breakthrough wasn't happening. So God addresses them through the prophet. This right here, guys, it is gold. It is gold. Follow with me. Why have we fasted, Isaiah 58.3? Why have we fasted, they say, and you, God, have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Now God answers. He says, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and you exploit all your workers. Hold on for a second. So what that, and there are parallels for us today. Okay, some of the parallels for us today is like they're fasting, but they didn't feel good when they're fasting, and so what they do is they're just mean to their, in this case, mean to their employees. They're mean, just, just mean to the people around them. Keep going on, let's keep looking. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. In other words, they're getting into fights because they weren't controlling their, their, their bodies. They weren't controlling their emotions, and they were just going nuts when they were fasting. So fasting day was a crazy day. It says, and, and, and I'm just, just I'll be honest with you. If you're going to fast, but you're going to yell and chew out your spouse and your kids, people around you, your work associates, the people you run into in the community, your fasting may not work. That's what this says, okay? So that, that's the challenge right there because sometimes you just feel like doing that when you're fasting. Like, ah! <laughs> you, you. There's this part of you that wants to do that. Some of you who fast, you know what I'm talking about, all right? So it says, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Wow, did you know that was in the Bible? And then God says, is this the kind of fast I have chosen only for a day to people humble, to humble themselves? He says, is it only for bowing your head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is it just like for a show? No. He says, is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? In other words, if you're going to fast, you don't make a big deal about it like, oh, how are you doing today? <laughs> it's so hard. I've been fasting for six hours. I'm headaching and I don't feel good. And it's just hard and I'm mad at everybody like you too. Oh, it's so hard. Now, if you do that, God said, okay, you're, you're kind of missing the point. And trust me, if you hang around people, you, you, I don't know. I've seen people that do that. I actually have done it before, and then I realized that. I read this, like, okay, I'm not doing that again. Okay, look at it. It says, is not this the kind of fasting? So, so the, in, in the Hebrew, uh, the, the way the Hebrew language brings this out, it kind of comes across as a question. But he's saying, basically, this is the kind of fasting I want you to do. So look at this. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice. That's what we're to do when we fast. To, you, to untie the cords of the yoke that's on other people. To set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not for you to share your food with the hungry because you're not eating anyway? And to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn, turn away from your own flesh and blood. I mean, don't, he talks about your own flesh and blood. I mean, don't turn away from your own family. Don't push your own family away. Now, if you do this, look at the results. This is crazy. I mean, we should preach on this every week, all right? Then your light, 
will break forth like the dawn if you do it right. If you fast right, okay, I'll tell you, your light, your light is going to break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of God will be your rear guard. Who wants that? Me. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. Do you see that? Fasting is a key that we so often miss because, I'll just pause here, because it's hard in our culture. It is not easy. I think this is one of the most challenging times for people to fast. It really is. Uh, this, the, in the, the culture that we live in, it, all of us, for all of us, it is very challenging. I mean, you cannot drive you know, to work or wherever you're going without seeing billboards with, with Whataburger signs. And, 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 you know, and the truth is, it's like you, after you fast up for two or three, four days, you see a, you see a, a food sign, which you see those, you do, probably don't even see them right now, but all of a sudden you'll see it and the food will go 3D on you and you'll see steam coming off of it. I'm so serious. One time, one time I remember this, uh, we, were, uh, we were having a time of fasting and prayer and we had evening prayer meetings. This went on for a week and we were several days into the fast and for some reason, this is back in the, uh, I, this is like back in the, the 80s. This is the church I was, I was serving in they had this, this table at the front that had all of this bread on it. Like this old, but it was old, just hard bread. It sat there for weeks. But it was part of the decor for the front. And I remember I was sitting back there listening to this, participating in this prayer and fasting service, and I started looking at that bread. And I promise you, the bread came to life. I saw, I, I did. I, it was a mirage. It was, it was not real. But I saw steam coming off that bread. I was like, I want some of that bread. I'm going to go up there and take me some of that bread. I'm going to have it now. Thank you, Jesus, for supplying all my needs. And then I realized, like, there's no steam coming off. That, that stuff is nasty and stale. That's what happens, all right? But I love this. It says, beautiful. Then you will call. The Lord will answer you will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger, and then you, and you, and you, and the malicious talk, oh, come on, let the word preach for itself, all right? And if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. And your night, some of, oh, come on, right here. Some of you, you guys are in a dark place right now. But look at this. It says, then your night will become like noon. And the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, and he will strengthen your frame. Oh, it gets better. It said, you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people, now it talks about the group. This is where it talks about us. So for all, up to this point, it's just talking about you. Now it's talking about the group. So when all of us are fasting together, it says, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. In other words, we get to bring restoration. That's one of the things we're praying for, restoration to things that have crumbled around us. We bring restoration, and you will be called, you'll get a new name, repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. I'll tell you guys, that's what I crave. 
So biblical fasting and prayer has this cause and effect impact. And to launch you into this new year, I'm going to ask you to participate in fasting and prayer according to the direction of God for each one of you. And you don't need to tell everybody. You just just do what God tells you to. We're dedicating this first week of 2022 to fasting and prayer. And whether you do a day or a, an hour, I mean, some of you an hour is a big fast for you, but, uh, but, but, but a day or, or whatever you're going to do, three days, seven days, 14 days, you do what you want, but we're dedicating this first week to fasting and prayer. But I want you to keep Isaiah 58 handy. I encourage you to read through this and watch how God will illuminate this in your own heart and ask him to show you specifically what you can do to fast biblically. Now, as we're entering into this uh, new year, every one of us, we want direction. We want insight. We want miracles. We want God's intervention, and we need that. But as we move into a new year, we also need to understand, as we keep in mind, we're going to be selecting our one word here in a few minutes, we need to understand some of the prophetic declarations that have been spoken over the year. And there are prophetic declarations uh, that are spoken over, over a year all the time, and it actually comes through the Jewish tradition. So, and, and I actually have a, have a sermon on this, and this, I shared this sermon back in uh, August or September of last year, and, but it's on the City Life app, right on the news feed. I think you have to go down to the bottom of it because it's been there a while, but it says declaring rest in 5782. That's the Jewish year that we're in. And when you look at the Jewish year and the Gregorian calendar, there, there are some very, there are very clear prophetic indicators regarding what to expect. So understanding what God is saying about the year, what the prophetic uh, utterances are about a year helps us to sculpt our one word. So I want to share with you some of those. Some of this is, is, is a little bit of a recap for you guys, but I just want to share with them. And here, here's the first one. This must be a year devoted to strengthening our bond with God, having faith in him that he'll provide and that he is omnipotent. That's the main statement right there. It's about having faith in God. That is part of the prophetic declaration for this year. God will supply. He will provide. He is all-powerful. And this is moving into a season, really, of what's, this is a, a season of rest and release uh, on the calendar. And so that means we have to cease from striving uh, and, and allow God to take his place of lordship in our own individual lives. And, you know, in other words, stop trying to force your own agenda and force things to happen. God's saying, just let me make things happen and you do the right thing, all right? And fasting and prayer actually opens the door for us to do that. That's part of why I'm sharing this now and why we're moving into time of fasting and prayer. Also, this is a year of supernatural provision. It's where God is gonna come through and God's gonna provide in ways you didn't even expect. Uh, but it only happens when we cease our striving and we lean into him because God's calling us to a walk of faith in all areas of our lives and God's gonna give us miracles of provision. Another one is this, expect long-awaited promises to be fulfilled. So what has God promised you? So we, we have expectation that some of those promises, maybe that you've even buried, are coming forth, and you're going to see fulfillment. In fact, I've already seen this with so many of you guys. It's really wonderful to watch. Another thing about this, this year that we're in is whatever is godly and whatever is ungodly will, will become very clear. So as we're walking into this year, understand that what is righteous, what is godly, and what is unrighteous, what is not godly, it is, it's, it's like night and day. 
and it's going to become more and more obvious than ever before. Uh, you won't even need to use as much discernment anymore. It's just kind of like, it's just right here before your eyes. This is a season also where uh, the hidden will be unveiled. And a veil is just a little thing that just covers up something that's right in front of you. There'll be unveiling of things that were right in front of you the whole time. You're going, to be, you're going to begin to see things. That means clarity. Uh, this is a season where we absolutely must use our words to declare good. Now, understanding this is part of the prophetic declaration, not just for me, but, but those who, who un- understand these things and from the Jewish traditions. When we look at this, uh, I, I put together a, a, I think it was like a six-part series on Tim at 12 called A Life and Death Matter. It was about the power of our words, and we must use our words. I just finished it uh, this last Wednesday at noon. It's all available on, the, on, the, uh, on, on City Life University, but that is, that is critical that we use our words to speak good. Uh, this is a season. Here's the next one. This is a season where duality will be openly revealed. Duality, that means two different extremes, okay? It's going to be openly revealed. There are other allusions to this in these other statements I'm making here as well. It's where darkness will be darker and the light will be brighter. And so when you see it and you know it and you understand it, it's part of what God has planned. This is what part of God's strategy for right now. A beautiful season to be alive. Also, this is a season where God's people will be marked it's going to become more and more obvious that you are marked as a child of God, and you don't be afraid of that. Don't, I was recently talking with, a, with an individual who says, you know, there's a little concern of mine that, that people are going to say, yeah, but that person, I know how they really are. And when they all realize that I'm serving God wholeheartedly, it could potentially uh, be a little frustrating for me. They're going to make fun of me. It's like, yeah, they might, they will. But the truth is, is this is the season for that. So Jesus also said, people are going to put you down. People are going to criticize you. There's, there's going to be plenty of that. Just don't let it stress you out. And, and in fact, when a person does, when a person mocks you for being a Christian, when they, they attack you for being a Christian, do you realize that your reward in heaven just notches up a little bit every time you get a little more persecution? So just accept it. Hey, I'm getting a bigger reward. Oh, come on. All right, now, now look, it goes on. It says, this is also a season to do warfare through rest in him. So we do warfare through rest. That's why worship, prayer, fasting, spending time in God's word, walking in the light, that's why these things really, really matter, especially in this season. They always do, but especially in this season. So we're not trying to force things to happen, and we leave the results to God. So, but let me reiterate, this is not a season or a time to be passive. It's not time just to be lazy, you know, but to do warfare from a place of rest. So you walk in peace, knowing that God's with you. Passivity and laziness, that is not rest. That's not what God has called us to. Uh, just the opposite of that is striving and forcing things. That's not rest either, but it's faith and trust in God. That's what's going to mark this season. That's what's going to mark this year. And, and we all know this. Things around us are swirling. The world is in crisis. Some of you are are seeing crisis all around you, but I want to say you don't have to be in crisis constantly. You don't. It will hit you, but it will also bounce off of you. But this is not all about fun, fast, and easy because if, if you're striving, if you're just, or if you're just, if you're striving, or if you're just wanting fun, fast, and easy, you're going to get sucked into the crisis. That's what I challenge you with. 
I'm challenging you to rise above it. And just to remember this, whatever's going on, <laughs> remember these words. Relax, God's got this. Just be positioned correctly. And that's what today is about, being positioned correctly for the year. To seek God through fasting and prayer and know what, is, what God is saying to his church. I've already told you what God is saying to his church. This is what God is saying to the church uh, through the calendar, what God is saying to the church really worldwide. So now the, the next question is, what is God saying to you about 2022? Are you able to choose a word that's going to be your anchor and that's going to be a visionary tool for you? Now, you can. You can, you can determine this word right here in this setting if you know yourself and if you listen to the Holy Spirit. So that's what I'm asking you to do right now. Again, part of it does go back to knowing yourself because the words that come out of, 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 uh, of groups like this, they're always so different. They're so varied. But know yourself. What I did is I, in determining my word for the year, I went back and looked over several of my mantras. And I keep these in front of me all the time. And, uh, and it's just, it's just part, I have a lot of them. Actually, I have way too many. But I, I have a lot of them. But, but I, uh, it, it's just like I, I, go, I go way too far. I know I do. But I just want to share with you some of mine. They're not yours, but they're mine. But it's how I know myself. So for me, my motto for my life is this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God's spirit does not make me timid. God's spirit gives me power. God's spirit gives me love. God's spirit gives me a sound mind. See, that's my motto for my life right there. And it's all based on the word of God. If you know that, you just heard a bunch of scripture right there. So what's your motto? Do you have one or, or just who, what is the thing that you just say about yourself all the time? There's the, the statement that I wrote several years ago and I, and I keep these I keep these in front of me all the time. Who, who I am, here it is. I am a man of God committed to blessing and helping others. I use my unique giftings to bring love, joy, hope, and purpose into the lives of others. I'm committed to living a life of integrity, serving as a good husband, father, pastor, and leader. And I strive to, to effectively lead by positively influencing other leaders for the advance of God's kingdom. That's me. So I know who I am. That helps me to choose my word. Uh, I, I also know who I am. I am chosen by God. I am a son of the king, and you are too. I am one who walks with authority. Joshua 1.3 says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. I also know that I am a priest, and you are too. I can walk into the presence of God, and I can talk with God face to face, bringing my requests to him. I know also that I am holy, that I am the property of God, and you are too. I am an instrument of God's praise, and you are too. I am called out of darkness and called into the light of God, and you are too. My calling is this. My calling on my life is this. I am I'm called to deliver the life, love, and power of God to all who will hear. My one scripture is this. I have a one scripture. And this, is, this, is, this is my one scripture, a lifetime scripture. It is well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come share in your master's happiness. That's my one scripture for my life. My discipline strategy is this. Run to win. Strip down and untangle your feet, which is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Now, that's about 20% of my statements. Again, like I said, I have way too many. <laughs> I like them, though. They make me happy. You would get weary hearing them all. But all of this understanding what God is saying to the church, what God is saying to our congregation, what God has said to me, who I am, and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit this year, I've come up with my word for 2022, and it is the word. It's a single word. It's passion. 
I believe that God is calling me to engage my passion. This, it's a, it's a passion is a fire. It's like a fire in your soul. And I want to, I want to, I, I want to bleed with passion. I do. Passion for worship, passion for discipling others, passion for the word, passion for making Jesus known, passion for abundant living, passion for his presence, passion for holiness, passion for breakthrough, passion for the fruit of the spirit. I want that. So that's why my word is passion. And what I will do is I will keep that word in front of me all year long. I usually order a hat online that has the word on it, so I have to look at it and wear it half the time. People are like, what does that mean? It's like, not your business. It's just, it's very, it's very, it reminds me. Or maybe you need to put it on your computer screen or put it on your, put a, make it, a, put it a reminder that pops up every day at 2 p.m. on your calendar with your one word so that you don't forget it. But get that into your heart and let it be an anchor for you and let it be a visionary tool for what God spoke to you right here in this service. Now, I want you to take your one-word card. This was on your seat when you arrived. And if for some reason you don't have it, look at a seat next to you and grab one that's, that's nearby. And uh, here's all, what I'm going to ask you to do. It's a real simple card right here. Uh, you just fill out the front and write your one word on it. Then take a picture of it and keep it with you. Now, on the back, just to help you determine, if you look at it, to help, to help you determine your one word for 2022, ask yourself the following questions. Here they are. What is God saying to me now? Okay? God is speaking something to you. We prayed for that, so God is speaking something to you. What are you feeling God's speaking to you? Here's another question. What area of your life does God want to use? It could be a trait. It could be a gifting. It could be part of your career. I don't know, but God wants to partner with you. Here's the next question. What area of your life does God want to transform? Maybe there's darkness. Maybe there's an attitude. Maybe there's, there's, there's something that you are determined to see a, a transformation in your own life personally. This is not about other people. It's about you. That may be where your one word comes from. And finally, how does God want to position you for 2022? Just, you know, it's just like light. When you focus light... You know what it becomes? It becomes a laser. <laughs> and a laser can cut through steel. So take this and focus it in. And because when our life is focused, I believe when your life is focused with this, with this one word, I mean, you, it will cut through the status quo in your life. So, so, so simplicity, when it's done right, it's going to bring impact. That's what I desire for you today. Let's just take a moment and fill out those cards. You're going to have plenty of time to do so over the next few minutes because we're going to move into a time of communion. And uh, communion is something that we're, we've chosen to do here to start our year off right. We ended the year with communion, uh, celebrating our Lord's death, resurrection, and his birth. And we start our year off with communion as well. We're going to share communion here in just a few moments. And, uh, and if you're not a part of City Life Church, you are more than welcome. It's, we, don't, we don't say you can't do communion here because you're not a part of our church. No. If you're not a part, that's fine. I want you to take communion. You, but you do need to be part of the family of God. And if you're here this morning and you're not in a right relationship with Jesus Christ, there's sin in your life and you need to repent of that sin. You want, you want to see some change in your life. Then I challenge you. I challenge you. I challenge you to give your life to Jesus and watch what 
will happen. Will you take just a moment and lock yourself in with God? Just, just close your eyes right now in God's presence and be introspective. Where is your life spiritually? If Jesus were to come today, or if you were to lose your life today, would you be in heaven? And are you sure of that? And if not, then you need to receive Christ and then take communion. So if that's you today, I'm just going to count to three. I'm going to say just one, two, three. Lift your hand up for me. That way I can see your hand and I'll be able to connect my faith with you. We're going to pray. We'll pray together. And in doing so, you're going to give your life to Jesus. Most important thing we could do today is what we're about to do right now. If you need Jesus to forgive you of your sin, to give you a new life so that you will be with him in eternity forever. At the count of three, lift your hand for me. One, two, three. Lift it up so that I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. Now, I want you to pray with me. Come on, pray these words with me, church. If you're praying these words to give your life to Christ, I want you to mean it from the bottom of your heart. Congregation, if you didn't raise your hand, I'm still going to ask you to pray this as an encouragement to those who are giving their lives to Jesus right now. Pray these, these words. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your precious blood. I give my life to you. I give up the past, and I embrace the future that you have for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You made the right decision to give your life to Jesus. It's the right thing. As communion comes, I want you to take the elements. The ushers, I'd like for you to go ahead and prepare to serve the communion. When the communion comes, there's one little sealed container. On the very top, you pull up the little top cellophane, and you have the bread. Underneath that is the juice. I want you to hold your communion. You can go ahead and open up the bread if you want, but hold your communion until everyone has been served, and then we're going to participate in this together as one congregation, all right? As you're preparing your hearts for communion, I want Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.